The Wire, season five. Was it season, <laughs> f- was it season four? Uh, that was four. It was a four. Yeah, there was Three was five. politics, four was school, five was media. That's yeah. right, that's right. Two was the docs. Two was docs, which seemed like the worst, but it got better. Oh, actually, uh, I think that's one of my favorite ones, but... We'll be right back with white men discussing The Wire right after a quick word from our sponsor. <laughs> BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com. For the popular pack, only nineteen ninety nine a month gets you seven or eight pills. <laughs> Depending on how many we throw in the envelope. Who knows? Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Real on this Board. Uh, this is Rob at Dumb and Awful. And this is Brad at Fizz for Shizzle. When we last checked in, Brett was attempting to work into the conversation that he had seen both The Wire and Treme, the <laughs> much more tight character-focused uh, David Simon piece. Let's come back now and see if he can link it to Generation Kill. <laughs> you know was a good good movie bad lieutenant porta call new orleans oh it was great not the original one where they were doing art or whatever the one that was starring nick cage and directed by what's his name another crazy person oh i don't remember i just remember it was nick Cage. you're you're at a computer type that real quick i've never seen this movie say that oh my god here brett type it up oh it was warner herzog yeah it's it's a it's a Warner Herzog film starring Nick <laughs> Cage. That's, that's a remake of like the '70s gritty original, and it's so good. Like I don't think any of the the people involved gave anyone another note the entire production. Like it, Nick Cage is just. There's times where you're like, did they leave the camera running? There's an actual like three minute scene of just Val Kilmer staring at a lizard. Val Kilmer and a lizard is in this movie in the same scene. <laughs> It's three minutes long. There is no dialogue. Was this before Val got really fat, or was he still like trying? Oh, to... he's looking nice and fat there. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think literally <laughs> Exhibit is in it as a coke dealer, uh, and, and then Nick Cage gets hooked on meth. It's a it's a delightful film. Uh, watch it with your family. McDonough implores Big Fate to smoke crack cocaine with his quote lucky crack pipe. That that did happen. <laughs> At the film. murder scene of the Senegal family. Wow, this is international. Oh, no, this is a, a, a brilliant film. It really brings together the whole city to tell one important narrative, which is what if Nick Cage really, really, really went for it? <laughs> the other funny thing about him is that they can't film him in the rain because all of his hair is fake and he has all these serious uh, full sleeve tattoos. So he has a lot of very expensive um arm makeup all over to cover them up and there was somebody of mine was talking about that uh if they actually filmed him in the rain ever like he would just melt like just on camera <laughs> would just stream down his costume and ruin everything respect to the full sleeve tattoos though that's pretty dope i like the idea that you're nick cage and you still have to have someone make up your arm sleeves because someone might see that and go like oh whoa <laughs> like what 
why <laughs> and what who's watching bad lieutenant and going like oh i don't believe this guy would have gotten tattoos <laughs> what nick cage role are you just like that doesn't work for the character and the reason is because he has tattoos on his arm <laughs> you've seen the um all the b-roll stuff that where he was going to be superman in the late 90s right yeah yeah i'm not i'm not sad that that didn't happen so there's a documentary about it where they talk to all the production people because they're the only ones that feel safe to talk on camera about it. And they show tons of all this like production art they had created and like what the plot was going to be. You know, he died in, in this movie. He was going to die in the beginning and then be, they were going to do like the death of Superman and then have Mega Brain come in at the end and all this stuff. But I mean, like this was back before um, before Tim Burton just, you know, mailed it in and didn't give a shit anymore. And just made I feel like a Tim Burton, Nick Cage, Batman. It's not too late. I'd be into that. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> the time is now. We've waited long enough. What happens Society's when two formerly decent artists have given up? Let's find out. I'm just saying, we're making films as twisted as the Joker. Let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's let this guy work here, huh? Did you see what that director uh, said he had to make the Joker? Oh, God. Because he, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but this is the director from, uh, you know. Todd Phillips? Yeah, Todd fucking Phillips is the He's director. He's done Old School of. and The Hangover. In and The Hangover. In, in 1998, I believe, he did a documentary, Frat House, which is pretty good and got him his start. Pretty good for a couple reasons, not including, well, actually, I take that back, very much including the scene where he gets locked in a cage and pissed on. <laughs> I mean, I'm into it. That's 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 cool. Yeah, he, he wanted to do a documentary on a frat, and they're like, "Well, you can't do that." Um, I mean, I guess if you want to pledge, and your entire crew pledges, then sure. And so he was like, "All right." So they just pissed on him for like 90 <laughs> minutes. It's <was> great. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even get paid. Shit. Uh, speaking of former movie stars down on their luck, Stacy Stacy Dash just got arrested in Florida. Movie star is strong. Yeah, uh, yeah, true. I mean, I fucking loved her in Clueless, and that's the only thing I ever remember her being in. So she, I actually didn't know this. She lives in Pasco County, which is uh, middle of the state-ish, near Tampa. And she was arrested for domestic abuse because, uh, by the way, she's 52. She looks incredible for 52. Uh, but she was in an argument. Basically, she just slapped the shit out of her husband. Um, so somebody called the police on her. And... I just love the line. Whoever wrote this too was definitely like taking digs at the husband. And we're like, the five foot four, hundred eight pound star was violent with her husband and had to be arrested. Like, all right, I, I get the picture of painting. Uh, but yeah, so she got yeah, arrested. What, what is Atlanta, the implication like, there? It's just like, if it was me, I would fucking jackknife power bomber through through the turnbuckle. No, you wouldn't. Yep, that is the implication. It, it was mentioned multiple times that she's like a hundred pounds. You know when Cher told her and got mad at her and clueless? It would have been like that, but way more violent. <laughs> also, 108 pounds. Mm, how recent is this, Stacy? Stacy? <laughs> Stacy, I know they took you to Land Lakes, and in a way, that should be familiar since... <laughs> you know, never mind. That's <laughs> strong, strong. Hey, you're going to talk shit about Land Lakes? That butter's good. No, I'm just saying she's definitely familiar with Land Lakes if you've seen photos from the late 2000s. <laughs> Rude. I'm sorry. I'm not giving enough sympathy to this domestic violence abuser. Literal uh, violent domestic violence. Far right Fox News commentator. Uh, I just want to say RIP Brittany Murphy. We're talking about Clueless. Um, oh, yeah. Damn, in the words of one. Ashton Kutcher, see you on the other side. 
which is what he tweeted tweeted on Eminem. (laughs) Which is what he tweeted when she died, uh, (laughs) like later that day. What a poet. That actually, I mean that that seems fine. Like back then, no one knew what Twitter was, and what the fuck do you say? Like, what like what tweet did you want to see Ashton Kutcher produce about Brittany Murphy's death? (laughs) (laughs) Let's workshop. Yeah, you tell me, Brad. What what were you expecting? Where you would have been like, fine. I'll say it. She was hot till the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want? <laughs> Ashton Kutcher was straight off butterfly effect, which I really felt showed his range as a. Heaven just got another dime piece. <laughs> Rest in peace, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Dash was arrested. That uh, cracked me up. Anytime uh, Fox News correspondents get arrested, I, I, I enjoy that, especially when they get arrested in Florida. Which apparently all of them have homes in Florida because, of course, they do. Taxes. All right. I'm going to stay on some Florida news. Uh, Tampa, my hometown, is apparently, according to some fucking bullshit Tampa Bay news story, uh, among the best Florida cities for millennials. Which apparently the standard for that is that job growth and cost of living were like, so cost of living is low, but job growth is good. Supposedly, uh, millennials are taking a home an average of 80k a year in Tampa which that's fucking bullshit i can tell you that right now that is not fucking happening in Tampa they they just did the poll in the zip code where all the strip clubs are <laughs> that's the only way that that is a true fact <laughs> i mean the strip clubs are all on like two roads it's pretty easy for that anytime somebody's trying to sell you on Tampa you should be extremely fucking suspicious yeah uh, it's weird there's all these open jobs and houses here huh yeah wow things is. are cheap Last time I was there, I saw four water spouts simultaneously. Like, that place sucks. Again, used to be <laughs> used to be the lightning strike capital of the world until they fucked that up, too. <laughs> Didn't oh, kill enough no. tampons, which, you know, it God does up. make mistakes, I guess. <laughs> uh, they only got to be the lightning capital of the world because uh, they just kept building. And so the concrete acts as like a heat sink and it creates more lightning at night than there would be naturally. Their hockey team is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Named uh, after that thing that kills all their citizens. <laughs> I mean, the uh, the Washington Wizards, the Washington Wizards used to be called the Bullets until they oh, realized Oh, I thought how- you were going to say because Wizards <laughs> kill all the citizens of D.C. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, most of the Republican caucus is in the KKK, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh. Oh, Okay. Okay. <laughs> also, I think I think Raceland lives there now, so there's that. <laughs> like a few years ago, when that hurricane was about to hit the western coast of Florida, and like the entire bay like got pulled out to like you know three miles yeah. out to sea, and they showed everyone in Tampa Bay just walking along Dude. the empty beach that had just been like evacuated of water, and no one seemed concerned. That's I like a Junji Ito novel, but but uh, the right people are getting punished. I. <laughs> Every single person I knew in Tampa kept being like, I don't know, you keep saying it's supposed to hit us, but I don't see shit, and the water's out, and it looks cool, I'm gonna go walk there. I was like, you get that the water comes back in, right? Like, you understand how this fucking works. Yeah, but until then, it's primo skimboarding, huh? Oh my god. (laughs) That was... That was an infuriating day to talk to people in Tampa because every single person was like, nah, we'll be fine. It never hits here. And then when it ended up missing, they are like, see, I told you. I was like, I sw- when Tampa finally gets a direct hit from a hurricane, it is going to fucking level that city because they've gotten so many near misses in the last 30 years that now 
the truism for everyone who lives in Tampa is, oh, it can't hit us. And then they rationalize through some bullshit pseudo meteorology why it's impossible for Tampa to get a direct hit from a hurricane. What is the pseudo meteorology? Well, you see, with the, the angle of the state and the way the Gulf works, it has to take a, a hard right turn to hit Tampa. And uh, that's just, you know, it's an incredibly rare setup. And it's not you, something you see frequently. You cannot, yeah, a storm cannot go east. Tampa is totally ill-prepared for anything happening with climate change. And pretty much everybody nearby knows it. And they just keep hoping they live long enough that they don't, or that they die before it becomes an issue. Yeah, that's why the Scientologists in Clearwater have put up a seawall. So when the big storm does hit, the Tampa doesn't run off into their town. <laughs> A good bit of evidence for why Tampa's dog shit. This white nationalist just got arrested in Brandon, which is my hometown, which is a suburb of Tampa. That's actually, so that's where I grew up. That's where my parents and family currently live. I just love that that's the name of a town. Just Brandon. Like they, they had a list, <laughs> a, a like almanac of every white name, and they just sort of walked each acre naming it. You're actually, I think, Chet is the county next to you <laughs> and dave always a great place good cuban food and dave <laughs> what uh where is this place uh generally speaking in florida so brandon is just east of tampa okay so, so in like tampa but without the beach yeah so brandon brandon's off i-75 you know where that the biggest well it might not be anymore but it was the biggest confederate flag in america right off of I-75 in Brandon. When I have passed that, when I went to Tallahassee to audition for their theater program. I would like to think, although it's the South, but I would like to think you would recognize that you had just passed the largest Confederate flag in America. <laughs> How many Confederate flags do you think I pass on the way from Charlotte to Tallahassee? Nah, trust me, this one's enormous. It flies, it's like partially over the interstate, right by MLK exit. I posted a picture of it before. I'll send it to you so you can see what I'm talking about. It looks like, like someone photoshopped the Confederate flag into a, a picture of just like hills and sky. Yeah, it's... People have tried to get it taken down, but the ancient racist old man who, of course, talks about uh, heritage and not hate constantly. Of course, um, of course. It's on private property, so they can't do shit. Do you think the guy with the second largest Confederate flag is like, oh, well, I have to support it, but mm, <laughs> it's just not right. What a fucking sad, depressing white nationalist dick measuring competition. He's got a bigger Confederate flag. Oh, well, back to my model train set. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Brandon is... Uh, an incredibly shitty place inside of Tampa, a part of Tampa. And this dude, Daniel McMahon. <laughs> Another good Florida name. <laughs> Daniel McMahon. <laughs> like, like the Bayhan, father. maybe? I can't tell. The father is, is outside the incubator looking in, just smoking camel lights. And someone just goes like, uh, so what's, what's his name? He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this dude uh, is 31. Uh. I love how they described him. The 31-year-old avowed fascist dreamed <laughs> dreamed of an ethno state where non-whites would be eliminated and women would be subservient to men. What the fuck? What's Wait, this what? being reported in? Uh, this is from Tampa Bay Times. Shout out to them. Uh, actually, I think they're not bad. I, it's hard. They're to tell. okay. They're they're the worst thing they ever did was starting a uh, Politifact or one of the fact-checking things. Yeah, that's who you want on on the fact-checking a Floridian. <laughs> 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 yeah it just seems it's interesting that they actually called it out and we're just like this guy's super white nationalist he is a fascist he's an avowed fascist he's a nazi this is what this is like was it saying that as like a criticism or was yes. it like yo hey this guy's an avowed fascist like it actually yeah. goes in pretty hard on him they do Tampa Bay times uh 
Tampa Tampa Tribune and the St. Pete Times merged a while ago, and there are still some good journalists there. So they do pump out good stuff on occasion. But yeah, so this dude, avowed fascist, uh, you know, he did the usual. He denied the Holocaust, cheered on mass shooters, denigrated minorities and women, plotted to harass activists. Apparently, he was part of, uh, remember when Unicorn Riot published a bunch of like private messages and chats from alt-right yes. forums? He was Is one he of those that? people no. that they published. Oh, great. Yeah. His uh, online personas were linked to white nationalist violence in Charlottesville and the Pittsburgh synagogue massacre. So he's like real in deep with this shit. They finally arrested him because uh, there was a black politician running in, I believe it was Charlottesville, and he sent him so many fucking death threats that the guy stopped running for elected office, which is a federal crime. I don't know if you knew that. If you tamper an election um, and send death threats to a fucking politician, yeah, no, that's a crime. So they raided his house, which is right by Bloomingdale High School, up the fucking road from my parents' house. I drive by it every time I go home. Let's go Chiefs. <laughs> that's a big move, sending a death threat. And then to have it like not get any effect and you have to go and send another one? Like, yeah. No, for real this time, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can be more graphic, and the person's still not responding. The last five death threats were just th- just a warning, but this one, the sixth. There's well, a this- scene in Swingers, this old-ass movie with John Favreau and Vince Vaughn, where he gets a girl's number, and he goes back and immediately calls at night of, and then he thinks he fucked it up, so he calls her right back. Then he realizes, like, oh, I forgot to I forgot to say my number on the last one. Here, and then it cuts him off again. So now he makes a fourth call, and he's like, okay, not going great, but just so you know, <laughs> uh, I don't normally do this. It's just been inconvenient, you know? And it's just sort of powerless <laughs> and deflating. And when he's on death threat number four, even the, the activist has to be like, Fucking, we get it, buddy. Stop <laughs> tweeting the same thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this dude's uh, McMahon's attorney, Nick Mattacini, is arguing that he didn't act with any racial animus. And I love this part of the story. Uh, his mom just threw him right under the fucking bus. So he had a bail hearing because he got indicted. And she showed up and went like, oh, yeah, no, my son hates African-Americans, Jews, gay people, pretty much all of them. And I've been pretty worried that he's going to become a mass shooter. So, yeah, I keep him locked up. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Because, that scans. I mean, it's, it's not like he's out probably living a productive life. Like, I imagine she has to deal with his bullshit more than anybody, just him and his dumb 4chan friends. It's not, it's not great. It's not great. And I feel like Florida kind of produces these, like, one of my best friends growing up, like just became a straight neo-Nazi, like by high school, because in Florida, that's one of the clicks. Like I, I haven't seen Mean Girls, so I don't know if this was in the movie, but like the Nazis are an established click at a lot of Florida schools. You know what table they're at. Their trucks have all the, the Confederate shit and swastikas. And, you know, we, we got through middle school. It's tough for pretty much everyone. And in high school, I, I was lucky enough to be on, you know, some sports teams. And so my experience was one thing. His experience was, oh, I got like beat up the first week. And because the schools have basically no security and there's no learning going on, it's just a lot of people getting into drama and fighting each other. He just went, okay, well, fuck, uh, what do I have available to me? I guess the Nazis, they'll take anyone. So just started packing weapons to school, got suspended a couple times, got arrested to prove his bona fides, I guess. And he just stayed a Nazi. That was it. <sighs> it's like I, 
it's not good, man. Florida education rules, guys. It's not good. It's almost like these these kids feel like so alienated and alone and like there's absolutely no hope. And buddy, if you're looking for an answer from me on that one, uh, let me know if you got it. Well, socialism. Fuck. Yeah. I just, I, I almost never think about that. Good, good catch. <laughs> Providing people with something. It's, it's, it's weird. It's this thing. I'm into it. It's fine. Like it's, you know, fucking wild. A semi-related Florida story. I feel like all vaping stories are Florida stories at heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. John Q. Vape was a uh, Hialeah native. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> uh, but this he, story- he came and he actually walked out when Hurricane Andrew hit uh, Hialeah originally. And he looked <laughs> up in the eye swirling around him. And yet he was at peace. And he was like, I've got a great idea for a product. <laughs> And he invented Juul that day. <laughs> uh, as most people know by now, there is this, we're going to call it a public health crisis. I don't know if Brad would agree with that, with uh, flavored vaping cartridges. Um, it's not a of, crisis, I mean, compared to opioids, but it's something that needs to be dealt with, like, okay. quickly. There, there's a public health issue. Yeah, I only got into opioids because they tasted like bubble gum, and then the raspberry flavor was pretty good. <laughs> you know what? It pissed off my pharmacist, but I said, it's not just for kids. If I pay you $5, you have to put the opiates in a flavored syrup. <laughs> uh, what do you uh, even do, pharmacist? What what better <laughs> thing do you have to do than crush up my oxycodone? And put it with some like <laughs> Flintstones vitamins mix. Buddy, go get the keys, open up the fridge in the back, <laughs> take out the solution, crush up the pills. There's no way you went to pharmacy school and don't know how to crush up some pills, buddy. Crush them up, <laughs> put them in the bin. Let's go. I got kids to sell this shit to, and they're not going to eat it normal. <laughs> I mean, back pain. I've got back pain. Yeah, and you know what? If you could lean into this a little bit, if you know what I mean, <laughs> right, right. you wouldn't be hurting any feelings. It's a, it's I'm going to go read three. some. I'm going to go read some promethazines over in aisle three. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we have a public health issue with vapes in general. It's mostly the unregulated ones, but as a result, they've they've removed a lot of states have started removing flavored vapes. And the story came out from the L.A. Times today that way back when uh, vapes started to become a thing, the FDA uh, was trying to figure out how it was going to regulate them, right? Like, how are we going to regulate e-cigarettes when we know regular cigarettes are super dangerous? And so they go through all the science, they go through all the public health stuff, and they're like, you know what? I think we're going to regulate, you know, we're going to be fairly loose, but we're 100% going to ban flavored e-vapes because that just seems like a really good way to get kids addicted to nicotine, which we do not want, Right. And so that that was their suggestion. And then it goes to the OMB and the OMB has to review it because uh, there's this really insane thing in government where even if something uh, has decent science supporting it and the weight of the FDA saying for public health reasons, we're going to do this, the OMB gets to weigh in with, well, this is how it's going to affect people economically. So we got to balance that shit out because that's how we do things in America. We balance your health versus how much money somebody can make. We do do that. It's so, true. yeah. The OMB holds a series of uh, meetings and hearings over the course of like 46 days, 47 days. They meet with about 100 tobacco industry lobbyists. So the OMB hosted more than 100 advocates battling the tobacco rule. 44 more with uh, people in the industry. And seven were with public health experts. So that's how they were balancing things. And so at the end of it, 
the Obama administration decided to kill the ban and uh, they also redacted all the supporting evidence the FDA put in for the ban. And so after the rules took effect, uh, sales for Juul skyrocketed by six times. And by 2018, about 5 million middle and high school students were using tobacco products, which is up by 3.6 million from the prior year. Uh, so now people are saying we're having an issue where just trying to get kids off the vaping is really hard because now they're fucking addicted because of course they are. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, I just like to point out. Uh, I didn't realize it till right now, but the they you're using there, the Obama administration—that's like John Favreau and the the Pod Save America yep. guys. That's them. And I just had the amazing thought. It is amazing, and it'll hold up. You get ready for this. Jewel Pod Save America, huh? <laughs> huh? John Favreau, because he he got millions of teens hooked on nicotine. <laughs> I would like to Jewel jump in here. Jewel Pod Save America. Why? I'm already. I've hit perfection. <laughs> From a healthcare Mona perspective, Mona Lisa doesn't need an extra stroke. <laughs> From a healthcare perspective, uh, we got re- actually we the United States got really really good at getting people off uh, nicotine and cigarettes for the last 25 years or so. Uh, we've done very very well at it. We know how to do it. We we know the protocols and how to get you know patients off smoking. And one of the arguments people will make in favor of, you know, vaping is that, oh, this is a bridge for people to stop smoking cigarettes, right? Like, this is the way that I'm going to go from a, you know, one to two pack a day smoker to no longer smoking cigarettes. And even if I don't really quit, you know, it's fine because vaping is not as bad as smoking cigarettes or anything or whatever jewel or whatever. you know. Yeah, the idea of it, it's like a bup. A buprenorphone. It's yeah, it's like it's like methadone is another way to say it, right? Which yeah. is well, actually, methadone works differently. I see what you're saying. Um, the the main the main thing here. If that was the here, use case, maybe it would be fine. Right, but this it's 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 wrong both ways, right? Because it's not helping people get off cigarette smoking. We know how to get people off cigarette smoking. We've gotten very good at it, right? This is actually increasing um, the the rates of smoking because people are like, well, you know, I'm at, I'm at a bar, my jewel is out. Hey, let me bum a smoke. And up to date, which is like the the go to medical website, if your doctor ever leaves the room and says he has to go ask something, he's he's just going to up to date and asking, figuring out what to do with you. Uh, the other thing about this is that uh, we have no idea what the problems are going to be with vaping and jewel use because there hasn't been any long term studies yet. And so here we have this first thing where you know it, it, dozens of people are becoming critically ill, uh, and we don't know why yet. Well, we do know why. We don't know the specific reason why. Vitamin E, right? It's it's something is in there that's doing this. I think there was something about vitamin E. Um, I haven't looked that much into it. Well, because be totally they're just being honest. made in fucking bathtubs. Sure, like any asshole can fucking do this, and God the fuck knows like what's in there. Anyway, so it's it's just it's a massive health crisis, and it could have been avoided, obviously, if um, it's not a health crisis. It's a health problem that needs to be dealt with. I apologize. But I mean, obviously, again, Obama, you fucking suck ass, you know. One of the uh, OMB staffers who helped host all those meetings, he uh, is now public policy director for Juul. It's it's rough. It's rough out there for a G. Man, it pays to sell out. I'm telling you. You should have married. You should have married that anesthesiologist, dude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> when I had the shot, tell you know I'm a real socialist. I fucking turned that down. Yeah, you know how I'm a real socialist. I fucked up a relationship. <laughs> if, if that's what it takes i'm fucking Karl marx over here bitch <laughs> driving women away is pretty socialist <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's why I'm in the DSA. Hey, what what if what if instead of the DSA, it was the TSA, and now they do have consent to grope you? <laughs> I like it even more than I did before. <laughs> Where do I sign up? I mean, <laughs> no, go on, but move on, please. Oh, you were saying, by the way, that there's no, uh, we have no idea about the long-term effects, but that's not true because one of the lobbyists for uh, Altria during these staff meetings in 2016 showed up and said, you know what, we actually researched this heavily and we trapped rats uh, in a cloud of nicotine smoke for six months and they've been just fine. I mean, they lost weight. Yeah, they've, they've become very skinny and all they all they do is post fit pics, but like, other than that, they seem fine. Iconic. That's not how studies work, by the way. But you know, I guess you're for if you're the Obama administration, that um, <laughs> that's all it takes, man. Yeah, that sounds good to us. You know, next, all yep. right, deregulating banks. Where are we at on that, gentlemen? <laughs> Can I real fast bring it back? I just have one quick thing to say. This yeah, is breaking. Yeah. This is breaking news. Five hours ago, whatever on Twitter, Stacey Dash uh, listed herself as Caucasian on her arrest form. Uh, it's, uh, well, now we know why the Florida cops arrested her. They showed up, they saw that, and they were like, nah, something's fucking suspicious. Prison time. <laughs> that is definitely one form of stolen valor that like America will rigidly uphold. No one gets to pretend to be a Caucasian woman. If anyone tries, <laughs> they're fucking done. Society turns on them. <laughs> uh, thank you for that breaking news update, Brad. Yeah, absolutely. From my iPhone to your ears. Hell yeah. Uh, other piece of good news today. This was actually genuinely fantastic all around. Bernie just had his best fundraising raising quarter ever. Both presidential cycles he's been in, uh, blew out everybody else. He hit 25 million this quarter alone. Uh, that's awesome. That is all individual donors, 1.4 million individual donations, an average of $18. So the average is going down but more and more people are donating to make up for it. And yet I've been to eight locations of pret on the Upper West Side and almost nobody is voting for Bernie. <laughs> That's why I keep slipping in the polls, my informal polls that I do while looking around at Aubon Pan. <laughs> I thought the media narrative was that Bernie was completely out of money and he was begging like all the grandmas to, the, all the socialism grandmas to mortgage their communism trailers to pay for his uh vanity so, run or whatever it was i actually i went to politico so politico posted that article three days ago that's a like the bernie y b go on i mean you guys all know i'm a glutton for punishment we shouldn't have to ask these questions i still listen to pod saves occasionally just to find out what these fucking libs are doing i'm here to report to you what's going on in these places you don't you have report to. we decide <laughs> I, I like how brett talks about logging on a politico like Green Berets going into Cambodia or something. <laughs> like, I'm not supposed to be there, but we all know I am. It's so mild compared to going home to Florida. Like, what's a little Politico? Anyway, so they had pretty much within... What's like, a little Politico? I got the answer to that. Matt Iglesias, next. <laughs> Zing! Within two posts of each Fuck other. Fuck you, Matt. <laughs> Wait, Matt Iglesias listens to this podcast tomorrow morning. He's going to be like, Fuck! God damn it! Uh, if I see you, I'm gonna splayed leg jump directly over your head and then keep moving. 
<laughs> I'll not give you a chance of positively ID me. <laughs> Matt Iglesias is sitting there in a random restaurant in Brooklyn because he heard there's a good Iranian restaurant that like is open all night. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> Rob just dunks on him and runs out the front door. <laughs> I'll clear the chair and the table because they probably give him an extra small table that usually only the kids use. <laughs> I'm just going to run up behind Maddie with a fucking portable basketball hoop for Rob to jump over and dunk on. <laughs> it's very Eastern European. He he boxed out. He elbowed. He threw some hot batteries. And then he... he uh, created some great small forwards. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> when you're good, tenacious you're good. wing defenders. You know, you shoot the three ball, you always have a spot. Uh, but yeah, so Politico published an article like three days ago that said Bernie Sanders is in trouble. That's still on the main page right under Sanders rakes in huge third quarter cash haul. Both sides. Like, got it. The got contradictions it. are coming from inside the house here, Politico. I thought I saw the the best thing I saw about Bernie recently was that, you know, like who whose name gets mentioned the most on the the major news broadcasts or the news news channels. And it was obviously your top right now is Joe Biden for lots of different reasons. Your second is Elizabeth Warren. And then your distant, distant, distant third is like is Bernie Sanders, who's down there with like Kamala Harris. And I mean, it, it's it's like five times less frequent that they're going to talk about Bernie Sanders than they are about Elizabeth Warren. It's just, yeah, it's course. so blatant. It's so obvious. They've largely abandoned Joe, and they're trying to find another place to go. Real fast, uh, we were talking about you know Bernie or uh, Biden's fading. Is he's basically cut down on all of his um, internet ads, which indicates that you know he's just trying to pocket that cash. He's pocketing cash to try to get yeah. you know what's his ass his his fail son you know. Well, you More can money. use that campaign cash forever. Forever. Weird throwback, but Tampa Bay Times has did an amazing story about like zombie campaigns where you can use that campaign cash. Even after the candidate dies, they can keep using that campaign cash. But yeah, so Bernie had an incredible quarter, uh, the highest fundraising of anybody and the best he's ever had. And again, still all individual donors. So fucking crushing it. I believe. I really hope he wins so I, I can pay off my student loans. Uh, so one more, one more thing for y'all before we go, since we're already talking about the Dems and the whole primary bullshit, Rob stumbled upon this really insane, uh, tweet thread the other day. So this is dude at Emil, please stop, which is what everybody says when he posts. Hey, always check the comments before you make your riffs, sir. You may have been beat to that one. <laughs> yeah, I probably was beat to that one. Fuck. <laughs> uh, That's like people that go like, uh. Dumb and awful, uh, your name is it fits. Brilliant. <laughs> Great. I see what you've done there. <laughs> uh, Real A to C Byzantine thinking there. Uh, so at Emil, please stop. It's this dude talking about how he hates that the Dim primary field has a super diverse candidate pool, um, but three old white people are in the lead. Two of them are men. And he wants to talk about how 2020 is a referendum on white supremacy. Uh, so what he's saying is, he goes on to say that the issues at the heart of the Trump movement are white supremacy, right? That That is the reason Trump was elected. Quote, even the most milquetoast centrist woman or POC is a better candidate than a perfect progressive white man in this climate because the most progressive platform in the world is not a refutation of the root causes of Trump's rise to power. Uh, and he summarizes at the end here, he goes on to talk more about white supremacy, but he summarizes at the end here with, even with the best of intentions, any white man running on a progressive platform is ultimately feeding into this white supremacy narrative. If a, He's basically saying, if you had a white progressive pass reparations, push and pass reparations, that 
is not a refutation of white supremacy and does nothing to solve that problem versus Kamala getting elected and implementing a police state. That's a better, that's better. That's it poll taken to like its logical extreme. Well, he's saying that better affects the root causes of Trump being president is having anyone who's not white that gets at the root causes of how we got Trump way better than having a progressive policy platform, which does not adequately get at the root causes of Trump. One of the root causes of Trump was Obama being voted president. Yeah, it seems to he he really glosses over the whole fact that like, yeah, we just we just did that and it didn't solve any of the white supremacy issues at all. It got way worse, uh, in fact. Because it didn't solve any of the systemic issues. Which lead that lead people to extremism. Exactly. Having a person of color in office is wonderful, yes. What's more wonderful is having anyone who is actually going to solve the systemic fucking issues. Like that is the main problem here. Ideally, we get both. Yes, that would be fucking wonderful. You point me to that candidate, and I will vote for them every fucking time. But, I mean, Elhan Omar exists, and she's great. But none of them are running for president. Kamala is a straight-up fucking cop. She's not going to solve any issues, right? Like, it's just it, it, the entire theory is insane that basically policy doesn't matter. Policies don't matter at all. All that matters is what the person in charge looks like. That's that a very lib brain thing. Yeah, where that's like, very. You yeah. have no encounter with anything of substance in terms of where political policies might affect you in a deleterious manner. So you just go, well, it's about sending a message. It's about, uh, you know, le letting people, once people see, you know, that we don't elect a white guy, then more than any policy, that will be able to uplift uh people of color and, and refugees and the LGBTIQA2 community that what we need is just someone who looks like everyone else doing the police state and then it's fine. Right. Like, it's, this is the way like white, comfortable, you know, upper middle class people can say, oh, oh I'm not racist. I voted for Obama his, twice. Yeah. The folds on his lib brain are like really only existing at the plank length. <laughs> If that's the theory, then we should be able to test at small scale, right? Okay, so if we get a person of color and a woman to, say, run an AG office in a state, would you'd hope you'd see better results from police uh, brutalizing black people. Didn't seem to work out that way in California, did it? In fact, uh, shit got worse because the person uh, Kamala was replacing half the time was more progressive than her. So a lot of things got worse. Like it's just a theory that has zero fucking basis or evidence to support it. Like yeah. you should be able to point to something. This, uh, I mean, this is just like a random dipshit lib posting on Twitter, but, and in the instant case, he's not particularly fascinating, but it is emblematic of the ideology that the current DNC and third way ish think tanks the ideology they want you to have. This is literally it. Yep. This is the fully uh, accepted 100% ideology. Like policies don't matter. What He's anti-progressive platform because he doesn't think it can actually help people affected by Trump. The idea of having and policies and doing politics and passing laws is antithetical to progress in his mind because progress can only be done through... Uh, meaningful symbols 
And that's the best you can do for people. And which, that's how you that's get liberalism. to the, f- the ending of Game of Thrones when they made Bran, spoiler, excuse me, the king of the seven kingdoms, or the kingdoms, or however many there are. I just wanted to bring it around to a... I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> our, our, our listeners will, and they'll be like, oh, fuck, God, he's right. This was actually liberalism.txt. Yeah, Danny was uh, fucking Hillary. How'd that go? Danny was fucking Hillary. Spoilers. That, that is a literatica page. I will not be clicking. <laughs> First time for everything, boys. So uh, again, breaking news from my Twitter. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna play a little sound effect. Or, oh, seriously? We cut to Brad. Breaking news. It's looking really strong, like Mike. That was the Mortal Kombat anthem. I mean, it can be both. It can be two things. <laughs> Test your might. Cha 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 cha. Anyway, uh, it's looking like Mike Pompeo is going to be out in the next couple of days as Secretary of State. Whoop, whoop. Because he started firing his own people to cover up this scandal growing at state uh, about that a good Ukraine. Sign. Yeah, it's going to start it, tomorrow. Is going to be interesting. So the entire leadership uh, will be giving a a press conference tomorrow at ten forty five a. After an emergency meeting of all so the relevant agencies, a lot happened today. That actually, I mean that's not going to meaningfully change things, but I will take a State Department that's paralyzed by an inaction than uh, fucking Mike Pompeo running things. So I, 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 I'd made this talk about the other day where I said this felt like a lot like 2007, and in 2007, for all the Zoomers that don't remember, was really like when the Bush administration started falling apart. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you had uh, Alberto Gonzalez, you know, had to resign. Um, Scooter Libby went to jail or Scooter Libby somewhere around there. Iraq completely fell apart. You know, a lot the economy of economy exploded. Uh, economy didn't explode until 2008. But if you look back Into on 2007, you can see it. It was yeah. there. Um, Just like and, it is now. And this. Yeah. I mean, this and this is starting to feel like it. We're like, you know, Rumsfeld left in December of 2006. So right before there. And you're starting to see this where like all the various, you know, little pieces are starting to fall apart. Right. All the, um, you know, the, the enablers are starting to go. And you have all this shit on the outside that's starting to push this pressure. Like uh, we have what the lowest like manufacturing uh numbers we've had since 2009 today yeah, came 09. out like that's a that's a really things bad are sign. fucking bad like uh, farmer suicide rates have reached the highest they've been since like the great depression also driver suicide rates up not good it's almost like four different economic factors are gonna coincide in one horrifying uh recession slash depression yep and there's way less wealth amongst Basically everybody but the rich now than there was in 08. So. Right. And, the, you know, the the craziest thing about 08 is, like, if we went back to, like, you know, the 08 happened, like, October, or, November, or September, you know, uh, ish, when that all collapsed. Um, we had no idea what a mortgage-backed security was in September. No one knew what an adjustable rate mortgage was in September. No one knew, you know, all these, that the housing crisis was happening until September, until it happened. Right, and this was after Lehman was down. This was after you know um, the other one came down in Bear January. Stearns. Bear Stearns, yeah, just a liquidity right. problem. Sure, like there, and and we just had oh, and but like and then all of a sudden it was like holy fucking shit! This thing none of us had any idea that was happening has just completely wiped out you know three trillion dollars worth of 
value. And the Fed is currently pumping billions of dollars into the overnight markets, which is where the banks basically keep each other afloat because yep. one of the major banks has a liquidity problem, and we don't know Already. which one it is. And Already. The Fed is doing its job by like trying to prevent this, but it's like, God damn it, all this fucking shit is about to happen again. Yeah. The liquidity thing specifically is what caused the economy to tank. All the banks basically froze up overnight and stopped lending to everybody. And a lot of businesses which require short-term loans to make their payments to suppliers and employees couldn't. And so everything fucking turned to shit overnight. I'm pretty sure they also repealed the Dodd-Frank limits on over leverage. Yeah, they did. Oh yeah, they were they were completely over leveraged. And then but the craziest thing about that, if you go back and read, you know, um Too Big to Fail, which is which is kind of like a pulpy book, but it's 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 informative. It's still like, good. Yeah, it's it's decent. And the and the HBO uh, movie is actually pretty funny about it. But uh like GE was about to go under. Like obviously, General Electric—they're going about, under now. Is about to go under now, but like <laughs> in 2008, they were like no one knew what a scam they were. Like that's how like per like like all the automakers were going under. Uh, U.S. Steel when they changed their name to X, people were like, "What does X mean? It means finance. It means profit." Like the U.S. Steel, the old U.S. Steel was about to go under. All the auto manufacturers who are now making all their money through financial uh, instruments were about to go under. Like if this happens again. On top of student loan debt, on top of medical like fucking debt, like shit's gonna be fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah. Real, real cataclysmic. That was basically no organization, and people still almost fucking pulled the bankers out of their fucking offices on Wall Street. Like shit got crazy for a while. Uh, thanks Obama for calming it down by just handing the bankers money. Uh, that's not going to happen this time. So I don't know. He he had a real team of rivals uh, when Tim Geithner said, <laughs> just Geithner give him more money. And, uh... <laughs> well, he hired a bunch of people from Goldman Sachs, and that's why everything got fixed. Thanks, y'all. Like, we're, we're at what? Like, is $30,000 in debt post-mortgage per American right now? Um, oh, I might pass that. <laughs> no, no, I think, I th- oh, yeah, right. Uh, this is on average. I mean, I have, I have full disclosure, I have over six figures in educational loan or loans. Honestly, this. I think with our powers combined, we're probably over a million. I have a wage garnishment. So <sighs> that's, it's like, but that's like, a <sighs> huge chunk. I already pay more than 50% in rent, um, plus wage garnishment, plus cell phone, plus train, plus fetlife.com account. I know that mm-hmm. adds up. Well, no, because I, I got in on the founders tier, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to pay monthly. Obviously, it's, it's awful. Things are awful. Things are awful. You could almost say that this world is dumb and bad. <laughs> oh, play that ending credit music! <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us on Patreon if you haven't. We do bonus episodes. We're gonna have some bonus video content shortly. Last bonus was good. Last bonus was good. Uh, was it good? Did we like it? We, I we was pretty it. drunk the whole time for that. Join us on Discord if you haven't. Come bullshit. As always, if you haven't uh, and you want to support us in some other way, you can review on iTunes, rate us, give us five stars, do that thing. Thanks for listening, y'all. Have a good one.